call people by their name, remember their name, especially certain pronunciations of names, uh, <laughs> pronunciations of names, uh, you know, how you say names. Welcome to the Funeral Strategy and Marketing Show. Join Robin Heppel where he pulls back the curtain and shares his thoughts and insights from his practical experience in a hyper-competitive funeral market and his expertise in online marketing and websites for funeral homes. Whether you agree with Hep or not, he will surely make you think. Welcome to another edition of the Funeral Strategy and Marketing Show. Now before I dive into today's topic, I want to let you know to stick around to the end of the episode because that's where I'm going to tell you where you can get your own copy of my personal Funeral Director's All-Star Checklist. And this is something that you can use uh, to, to record different, uh, different things for every service that you do so that you can be a Funeral Director All-Star. Now, let's get into today's topic. How to be a Funeral Director, an All-Star Funeral Director. Now, first off, uh, you know, I'm not gonna say that I am the best Funeral Director ever. Um, I will say, though, that I feel that I was uh, a really good funeral director, and I still get called upon to, uh, by close families to, uh, to act in that capacity or even act as a celebrant. So I still, uh, I'm still see things on the front lines. And what I want to share with you today is some of the things that I learned from my mentors and that can help you just rise above maybe uh, the rest of the staff so that you look like you're going to be the, that you would be the all-star funeral director on your staff. And this isn't just for employees, it's for uh, owners as well. Anyone who is working day-to-day -day on the front lines with the families, making the arrangements, embalming, uh, directing the services. So now the reason why I want to uh, share this with you is that I wanted to uh, look back what, what, what happened just recently. Uh, one of my mentors, Stu Carroll, who was the manager of McCall Brothers for a long time, recently retired. And I spoke a, just a, had a little uh, um, segment at his retirement dinner that I shared a few things. I thought, you know what, this would be a great thing for me to share with uh, with everyone. All the things that I learned from Stu, but plus my other mentors. First of all, I, when I started, uh, I started working uh, in Ontario at my uncle's and grandfather's funeral home at Egan's Funeral Home in Bolton, Ontario, just northwest of Toronto. And uh, and then I came back to play hockey here in uh, in Victoria, British Columbia. And uh, uh, I, it was funny because, um, you know, get this, I was so shy that I didn't even, uh, my dad phoned down to McCall's and got me an interview. Uh, actually, I had an interview with Stu way back. So that's almost 30 years ago. Now, um, and at McCall's, I had great mentors there as well. So Dave McCall gave me lots of great opportunities. Uh, was very patient with me. And uh, his uncle, Tori McCall, taught me a few things that I'm going to share with you. Uh, Ken Kyle, who helped me during my apprenticeship, who's an excellent embalmer, lots of attention to detail. Um, and and then, but for funeral directing and arranging, uh, Stu Carroll uh, was the guy. He just, he checked all of our work and made sure that uh, we were doing the best that we could. So what, I, what, I've, what I've done is I've broken this down into, uh, into three areas. First of all, the first area is just a general attitude. And the first one is show up early. Show up early for work, uh, maybe 10 minutes early. And uh, it's funny, when, uh, when I first started working at McCall's, I got a handwritten letter from my grandfather, uh, you know, just checking in. Uh, you know, this is way before emails and things like that. He wrote, 
he wrote me a note saying, and one of the suggestions that he made in that was to show up early. And I've got to tell you, when you show up early for work, maybe it's, maybe it's just 10 minutes early, the day just rolls a lot better. McCall's is a very, uh, a very busy funeral home and lots of things are going on. And if you just show up right at when you're supposed to start working, uh, you know, there's things that you could miss and you, it might throw you off the entire day. So get there early. If you drink coffee or tea or whatever you do, you know, grab that, find out what happened over, um, you know, the, the evening before, check out what's happening today, make sure anything that you're uh, assigned to do, uh, you've got that completely detailed and just be prepared. Next, super simple one, but be well-groomed. Uh, you know, whether it's uh, with your hair, how, uh, and your, your clothing, making sure that your shirts are pressed and, and not wrinkled, uh, make sure that your shoes are shined, just little things. But these, the, the, these things um, really stand out now more than, you know, back a generation ago, you wouldn't have to remind people because that's just the way people were. But nowadays, um, not as many people kind of uphold those types of things. So, and it's never going to be a negative. So just make sure that your shoes are shined, shirts are polished, you know, your your tie, you have a nice tie knot if you're wearing a tie, however you dress, just make it it's the best the best that you can be. And another skill that I think kind of goes um, by the wayside and, and uh, is is remembering names. Uh, if we if if you had the chance to read and uh, you should read, how to win friends and influence people by Dale Carnegie, just being personable and if you can remember someone's name, they they always say that you know the sweetest sound is their, someone's own name. So if you can learn, uh, you know, call people by their name, remember their name, especially certain pronunciations of names, uh, <laughs> pronunciations of names. Uh, you know how you say names. Um, <laughs> just make sure that you have that um, have that dialed in, and whether it's uh, certain things like uh, you know Dana or Dana, uh, Tara or Tara, things like that. You know, just how do people pronounce their names, Ian or Ian, little things like that, um, and remember their names too. I used to have this little book, like a um, a day timer. Well, not even a day timer, just a little calendar, pocket calendar. And, uh, you know, it had squares in it. So I would write down the names of people uh, once I met them. Uh, on the day that I met them, I put that in there. And people on the staff and my friends would say, oh, what was that person's name? And I, would, I wouldn't even have to look back. I would just know because I just took that time at that point and wrote it down. And that was enough for me to remember it. Now with our, all our digital gadgets, we don't always have that opportunity to do that. So somehow, even if you may maybe just key it in, on your phone or enter them as a, um, as a contact and put a note of how you met them. And that's going to go a lot further because as I said, people love the sound of their name and, uh, and people even years later will say, thanks for, I, I didn't think you'd remember me. Thanks for remembering my name. Um, another thing too is public speaking. And I alluded to the story of when I started at McCall's, I was so shy. get this that my dad actually phoned down to McCall's to get, um, you know, for me to get an interview. And I can even remember like in grade, in, in grade three, uh, and I still remember this, this is how paranoid or not paranoid, but feared, fearful I was of speaking aloud. We had to do this exercise and we were reading a short story and we had to, uh, the whole class had to read it 
and we went paragraph by paragraph. And I could remember counting, uh, like how many people are next, because we were going through the rows, and then, you know, which paragraph I would have to read. And I was just so hoping that it was a small paragraph. And no, I can remember it was a big one. And I was so uh, afraid. But over time, uh, you can, you know, if you practice, and speaking aloud is a is a great, um, or public speaking is a, is a great skill because a lot of people stay away from it, right? You've heard the thing that, um, you know, people even fear that more than death itself. And you hear, obviously you've heard that, you know, uh, so many people use that in the eulogy, but um, it's somewhat true and it's a great skill. So I, the first presentation that I ever did for McCall's a pre-need presentation, it wasn't the greatest. I basically read off a sheet of paper. Now I can just have a few bullet points. I can tell stories and try to be a lot more engaging. I'm not the greatest orator in the world, but if it wasn't for public speaking, I wouldn't be able to do what I'm currently doing. And I think it's a, it's a, a skill that people put it off to the side. They make up a lot of excuses why not to do it. So if you can be that person of, of learning how to do it, then, then do it. Uh, and then also learn how to present. Uh, and, and just, you know, again, it's just doing it. The more that you do it, there's lots of books on it. Lots of videos online to, to learn how to how to present, but don't overthink it. Just the number one thing is to practice. Get a get a short presentation and offer that at small little groups, and they'll become bigger and bigger. And you know now I've presented hundreds of times to funeral directors all around the world, and also uh, hundreds of webinars and videos like this. Uh, so those, those are um, some of the key things that are kind of uh, general skills. Um, and one more, uh, anticipation. One thing that uh, I think is really important, especially in today's busy lives, is we have to anticipate what might happen or what might not happen. And um, if there's going to be, we, we can't just assume that everything's going to go um, according to the way it's been planned. I like to joke the best the best way to be spontaneous is to have a plan. Just have a have an idea of well, if this happens, then this is what I should do. I can remember being in front of a church uh, with over a thousand people, and the the flowers. Um, I had this idea that the flowers weren't going to be uh, sitting on the casket, and it looked too big, and it might start sliding off. Um, and but I so what I did, I anticipated that. I had a, a small, I brought in a small table at the very front of the church. So as I kind of looked and, yeah, this isn't going to work, I just carefully took the um, table, got it into place, put the flowers on it so that the flowers didn't slide off uh, or we wouldn't have that. And just little things like that. Anticipate when I was a goalie, uh, hockey goalie, um, you, we used to do, and lots of sports uh, athletes do this, is mental imagery. So thinking about things like, so I would be making the save in my mind, all the different scenarios. So when it actually happens, you can, it's just second nature. Now, again, I know that we're super busy at work, but just anticipate those little things. Anticipate what happens if there's um, something in the family or if there's a small child in the family. Anticipate, you know, where would a good uh, exit strategy would be to, you know, if the if the mom of that child wanted to, uh, leave early and not have to walk them down the middle of the aisle uh, in front of everyone. That could be embarrassing. So 
you know, just have those plans and maybe even let them know, hey, if this happens, this is where you can go. So just um, be ready to improvise. Uh, you don't have to, but if you, again, um, being the best way to be spontaneous is to have a plan. Now, what I'd like to do is kind of drill in more to um, fun like funeral skills um, overall for the business operations. And um, the first one is, and this might sound a bit weird, but understand the profitability of a funeral home. And this doesn't matter who you work for. Maybe you work for um, a family. Maybe you uh, work for a corporation. But you need to understand the profitability of the funeral home because because if the funeral home is not profitable, what you know one major thing is that you may be out of a job. So we don't want that to happen. So if you understand how the how the company makes money, and and those you know making sure that you not how much they're making or anything like that, but kind of what's important to them, then you're going to be um, you're just going to approach things differently, and you'll be more valuable to to that funeral home. And you might wonder, well, why do the, you know, the owners and managers go around and turn off the lights when, um, you know, when no one's in the room, like, oh, it's not a big deal. They're, they're energy efficient lighting, but every penny, um, that gets wasted is one less penny for the, uh, you know, for the overall profitability of, of the firm. And if we dive into this a little bit deeper, um, I think the most valuable skill, the most profitable skill, like, and we sure as funeral directors, we need to have a ton of skills. But the most profitable one is if you can win price shoppers or phone shoppers. Not everyone's a price shopper, but they usually start out with that question. How much is this going to cost? And if you can be excellent at that and maybe even the go-to person, that's going to be very valuable because you got to think, here's what's happened. Um, two major things have happened when you get it, when, a, when there's a phone shopper. Number one, someone has died and or is about to die and you know that only comes around once in that person's life so you only have one chance secondly the phone is, has rung so that means that your marketing has worked up to that point and at that very moment that call is yours to either win or to lose and if you lose it it's lost forever and you have to wait till the next person dies and hopefully your marketing works so that they call the funeral home and that's the cycle so if you can really understand that and, uh, and, you know, I know that role play and I can remember, oh, I don't want to, you know, that's kind of, uh, you know, role playing and stuff like that and doing scripts, but the more you practice it, the more comfortable that you get at that, you're going to be that much more valuable to the firm. The next one too is uh, getting the money. So you've got the arrangement, you've made the arrangements. Now it's time to, you know, how are you going to look after this? And and I think funeral homes nowadays are uh, on, they have policies about this and a lot more on top of it. When I started, it was, okay, well, yeah, we'll send you the bill in a couple of weeks or, or whatever, or after the service. But nowadays, you know, cash flow is so important to a funeral home is that it's better to get the money sooner than, than later. Um, and, uh, you know, a lot of funeral directors haven't been on the other side of the desk. They're not the business owners. Personally, as a business owner and with a staff of eight people, I know what it's like when payday's coming around. And sure, you may have had a lot of sales or a lot of business coming in, but if if that money hasn't been realized, if it's still uh, accounts receivable, you can't pay your you can't pay your staff in money that you haven't collected yet. So and 
and you know, people might say, oh, well, the, the funeral home's got a lot of, money, a lot of money, they can still pay for things. But the, you know, the funeral homes, that money's been allocated to, to something else. It's not just a pool there waiting, you know, if we haven't received money yet for the, for the next month. So as a funeral director and as an arranger, it's up to you to make sure that um, you take responsibility of, of getting that cash um, secured. So, you know, one of the lines, and I'm sure, um, you know, your management has talked about this, uh, you know, you come up, you know, here's a total, uh, how would you like to pay for, you know, how would you like to look after that today? Instead of, instead of giving them, you know, they might ask what the options are. Um, and you can say, well, uh, you know, we, we prefer to ha have everything paid up front. Um, you know, we can take, uh, we can take check or, um, or credit card or however it's set up at your firm, but put it, assume that they're going to pay today because almost everywhere else they go, they're paying up front for any other transactions. So funeral home should, shouldn't be any different. So just really understand that. Now, uh, and I mentioned this, the next one is uh, attention to detail. We hear attention to detail all the time, but sometimes, um, you know, it kind of gets lost or, or overdone, or if it's talked too generally, then we don't really know what, it, what they're paying it, what we're paying attention to. So, uh, and this goes back to Stu Carroll, uh, with the presentation of the deceased, we always, so at McCall's, uh, when, when I was, uh, embalmer and slash funeral director and slash arranger, but if we were doing the, you know, the preparation and the cosmetics, um, at the end of the, at the end of the day, we would have uh, the deceased in the different viewing rooms. And so we'd put them out and then Stu Carroll would walk around and, and check out what the, you know, how everyone looked. So, um, and the things that he always taught us to look, you know, to do was, you know, make sure that the, uh, you know, the collars are, are perfect, especially like on a male, uh, that the, that the, that's a nice knot on the tie if they're wearing a tie that the shirt is uh, nicely snugged down, that it's not wrinkly. Uh, and you know, you can do that. There's little tricks of, of doing that with the shirt tails down in the pockets, uh, in the pants pockets, you can kind of tug those down to make those snug. And, but he was really meticulous on cuffs, um, that the cuffs were always straight and showing just a little bit um, past the, the jacket. And if they were wearing cufflinks, that the cufflinks were uh, cleaned, there weren't smudges or fingerprints on them or anything like that, that they were always cleaned up and visible and that everything just looked like they just came out of the tailors, out of the barbershop, making sure that there's no uh, nose hairs or ears hair, ear hairs, uh, that there's not an eyelash out of place, um, you know, that the that if it's a, someone had a mustache or facial hair that it was nicely trimmed, you know, if that's the way they were, just like they came Oh, and same with females too, that everything was just, you know, just right, that, you know, things weren't, um, you know, any dresses or blouses were always on properly. And uh, sometimes, you know, I've seen other times at other places where, you know, things just look a little disheveled and that's not the way to do it. If you want to impress people, uh, you have to pay attention to that detail. Um, the other thing too, just in general arrangements, uh, the obituaries make sure that you double check all the the names of uh, the survivors and obviously the um, uh, the date and time of the services. I've made that mistake before. That's a story for another day, um, but um, but those are really important. Same with flowers. Double check that those flowers have been ordered and that they're going to be on time at the proper location uh, because there's nothing because that's what those people are thinking of. We were just at a service the other day. 
Um, and my mom, you know, the first thing when we got there, she wanted to let me know that the flowers that we sent as a family, so mom did it and put all her names on it. But that's the first thing that she did, check to see if those flowers are there. So double check uh, that those are ordered, just like what you hear about carpenters, you know, measure twice, cut once. So just double check your, you know, that information before it gets sent off, before the order gets placed. This is the same with uh, engraving urns as well. Make sure that that's double checked because you don't want any mistakes. Same with uh, monuments if you're doing monument sales. So those are some of the, the funeral skills. Now, when I talked about the arrangements themselves and how, you know, first off, I think one thing that uh, we don't do enough of is uh, introduce ourselves before the arrangements. And, and you can do this via email. Now, sometimes different funeral homes are gonna be really busy. You may not know who's gonna be meeting that family. Um, but I think that once the, the first call has been taken, one of the critical pieces of information that uh, whoever's taking that first call that, to ask for the email address. And you know, we always think, oh, well, you know, they might think we're prying or anything like that. Um, but they've just given you the business to look after their, their loved one, the, you know, the deceased. So I think that they will be willing to give the email address and just let them know, well, we've got some important information to send you before the arrangements, and we find it best just to send it by email. So is that, a, you know, can you give me your email address, please? Or, or what's your email address? And they'll just, you know, it'll just be automatic that they give that to you. So then you send an email, and uh, introducing, you, know, you can briefly introduce yourself, or maybe this is the um, admin staff sending it on your behalf, and um, but maybe put a link to the staff page and say, oh well, if you want, you know, Rob Heppel will be meeting with you today, or I'll be meeting with you today, uh, you know, for a little bit more information on myself, check out our um, staff page or my my bio here. And the reason why I say this is that you know more than you know probably dozens of times. McCall's, I've been working with McCall's on their website since it was 1996 that we first had a website for McCall's. And even then, the super tech savvy people, uh, I can remember this one lady who was in her over, you know, she was over 60 at the time. She uh, started asking me about uh, Ontario and Toronto and things like that. And uh, I said, oh, that's kind of strange. Like, how, why, you know, I answered the questions and uh, she said, oh, well, I, you know, I was on the, the McCall's website and I looked up your information. Uh, so, you know, it makes people more at ease. And we've been working with this with our funeral boardroom members of actually creating a, a special page on the website that's not part of the general navigation that we send families uh, between the time of the at need or by the time of the first call uh, and before the they come in for the arrangements. Now, obviously, this isn't going to work for walk-ins, but for for people that get that email ahead of time, they they've land on a page that has like these are the things that we're going to cover. Uh, it also introduces them to new services such as, you know, maybe it's a, a tribute blanket or something like that. And so instead of you know, after 80 minutes of your 90 minute arrangement, uh, you know, and I know that there's so many so much detail that we have to go through nowadays. And you know, the boss has probably said, oh no, make sure you introduce cremation jewelry and tribute blankets and anything else that are that's you know part of what you're offering if they've never heard it it's sometimes even uncomfortable to kind of bring that up but if they've had a chance to kind of uh, read that ahead of time on their own time uh, spend time on the on the website and see a sample of that tribute blanket they might actually initiate the conversation um, 
oh, tell me a little bit more about the cremation jewelry. Tell me a little bit more about these tribute blankets. I saw a sample on uh, uh, on the website. And and so if they introduce it, if they start it, then it, it's not like you're being salesy at all. But if you have to, like, you're kind of going through your list, uh, you know, over time, you might be getting uncomfortable. You might think they're getting uncomfortable. And I believe that the more comfortable that they are coming into the arrangement, it's going to just set them at ease. Um, it's going to be a better experience for them. Uh, it'll be an easier arrangement for you. And I believe that uh, your averages will go up because they'll be more um, uh, preconditioned to some of the new offerings that you might have. And also in that email too, um, if you receive a personal email from me, you see my picture at the bottom of the email, uh, Dr. Robert Cialdini, who uh, spoke at ICCFA a few years ago. You know, one of his uh, studies that he's done showed that people that insert a picture in their email to uh, when they're just introducing themselves to someone else, that those relationships are much stronger than people that don't. So we're trying to build trust and credibility. So include an, include a, a picture and also to include your, if you're, if you're comfortable with it, include your mobile phone, uh, your cell number. And because that's, again, um, you know, those are only given out to people in, in trustful situations. So here you're extending it to them uh, and they feel then like, hey, this, you know, this is good. You know, we know we're going to be busy. Um, and this person is, uh, have, has gone out of their way to make sure that we can communicate with them however we need to. So those are just some suggestions uh, for that. Now, um, another thing that I would do, is, and here in Victoria, it's not uncommon for the service to go from, uh, you know, it might be four days later or even seven days later, or it even could be a couple weeks or, or longer than that. Um, now, if it's like four days later, or even if it's two days later, uh, I would always check between the date of the, the time of the arrangement and the, um, the date of the service with the family. And uh, I, you know, give them a phone call and just touch base. Uh, let them know. Okay, these are the things that have happened so far. Uh, so we've um, we've made we, we've made the transfer. Uh, so your mom has been transferred from the uh, from the hospital, and she's now in our care. Because you know this is all part. Again, we do this every day. Um, we know it like the back of our hand. It's totally new to them. They may not even have a clue. Like, oh, I wonder if they picked up mom or not. I don't know. You know, should we phone the hospital? Like, who do we phone? Do we phone the coroner? No, the the uh, funeral director who's um, on on the ball is going to be letting you know, like, and it's not every little bit of minutia and you're sending them 10 emails a day, but just touch base with them, whether it be by phone call or maybe send them an email or, uh, you know, maybe if they've given you their cell phone number and, you know, the person has, you know, thinks that uh, communicating by text message is okay, then you can send them a quick text, just keeping them up to date. But I found that it was just a lot easier to, uh, you know, pull off a really good service by having that communication ahead of time because, um, you know, there's not going to be as many surprises for you. And you know what it's like to get surprised by the family an hour before the service. Um, you know, those, a lot of those things can be done, can be looked after if you've been in touch with them. So, um, and then another thing that I would recommend is to put some, um, uh, note, just put any notes on the back of your file or however you, uh, arrange, you know, however you do your process of things that you kind of went above and beyond, just the little things. So instead of saying, um, so here people like to fish and they like to golf. So instead of saying, oh, make sure you bring in the, um, you know, bring in the, the golf clubs or the fishing rods, uh, you know, the evening before you drop them off. If it's, if you've got free time 
go up to the house and just say, hey, you know, I'm going to be in the neighborhood. Would you mind if I go and pick those up? Because then um, you can get them. Then you can have them set up early. You're not waiting on them to bring it in because maybe they bring them in late. Maybe they forgot them. Uh, you know what that's like. And then someone's got to rush back. And um, So just do these little things. And again, it's usually not going to cost a lot of money or any money, just maybe a little bit of time and maybe a little bit of gas, but um, you're providing service. And more so now than ever, we have to justify why they're paying a lot of money for funeral services. So if we're doing these things, um, they, they're, they're going to feel that they're getting more value. Now, um, so do, do that. Write some notes on the back of your file. And of just the little things, and I'd always put one or two things. And it was almost like a little challenge to me of what I could do extra for that family. And again, these are little things, but they're things that people remember. Um, now, another thing that you can do is use, um, if you're giving out surveys, uh, and the, the practice that we had at McCall's was we would have a survey, and the survey would then um, be given to them in the uh, with the information at the end of the uh, you know, usually at the graveside or at the end of the service. And we have the pouch with the guest book and thank you cards and, uh, you know, give them the survey. And every family had to get one. Um, and back to Dr. Robert Cialdini, uh, he recommends that, um, you know, if you're using surveys, write a personalized uh, sticky note, like a yellow um, sticky note, post-it note uh, in handwriting uh, and just write... Um, uh, you know, when you have time, please fill this out. Or uh, I'd really appreciate it if you would complete this, Rob. And just put it on, on top. You got to remember, you've just done all this work for for the families. And uh, now, um, you know, they're kind of indebted to you. And here's a personalized note. So they're probably going to fill that out for you. And you'll probably get more uh, positive uh, feedback. And especially nowadays, you can take that and turn that into a positive review online, just maybe then follow up with an email and say, oh, thank you so much for, for the feedback on the survey. Would you mind sharing that in our, uh, you know, on Google Plus or Yelp or, or wherever? But uh, use the yellow sticky to, um, to, get, to get more of those back. Because that was another, um, uh, one of the competitive things that we had at McCall's of how many um, positive um, surveys that each one of us would get back. So if I would have known the yellow sticky uh, deal then, I would have definitely done it. So I think you should do it too. Uh, and then one last thing, and this goes um, actually back to Tori McCall, one of the first times that I started there. So I was this young kid, 18 years old, and I don't know, I can't remember what happened, but I remember what happened afterwards um, or how it happened. So I must have been closing the coach door and it was probably like a foot away before it uh, or two feet away. And I just let the handle go and, you know, the weight of the door slammed shut. And uh, Tori McCall, who would have probably been 70 at the time, quickly came around and instructed me on the proper way to close the door. And you would just take the door and push it closed, holding it all the way. A couple things. One, it looks a lot more professional. Uh, two, it doesn't make a big bang. Uh, and, uh, and three, it, it is going to be less wear and tear on the vehicle. So, you know, those funeral coaches nowadays are $100,000. So you don't want, you know, the something to bang or, or, you know, things to kind of shake and get loose over time. And it just looks good. You know, another quick note that I was taught was always walk around the back of the car. So don't cut in front of the cars all the time. Cause as a driver, you can usually see what's in front or, and you should take a quick look, 
but always work the back of the car. Um, but then closing the doors, that's not just the coach, that's also the limousine as well. Closing uh, the, the, those doors just firmly shut. And uh, another thing, and, and this is for Stu Carroll, uh, and he was a huge stickler on this, for the, you know, the little door uh, stoppers that kind of um, flip down and they got the little rubber grommet on them. Uh, he would make sure that we would always bend over, carefully push that up, click it into place, and then open the door. Or, and once the door was open where we wanted it to, we'd push it down and put it in place. We would not use our toe to flick it up or flick it down. The reason why is, first of all, if you flick it up, uh, it's gonna, it might make a big bang. If you kick it down, you may not get it, so you might have to try it a couple times, uh, and maybe it'll slam down. Um, and it's just not professional. So you just, you know, quietly bend over, uh, push it down, put it into place. Uh, it just looks a lot more professional. And it saves your shoes because back in the, you know, one of the other tips about having your clean, your polished shoes. So if you're not flicking the, the door stoppers up and down with your shoes, they're going to stay polished longer. So, you know, again, this is not a complete list, but it's just a, a bunch of, you know, things. Some are kind of general uh, attitude things and other things are just really specific, but I wanted to let you know. And also to, to uh, really give thanks to the mentors that I've had about, being as good a funeral director as you can. So I think, um, you know, try some of these tips, put them into place, and you know, whether you're an employee or an, or an owner or a manager, uh, you know, it's, we have to really justify the things that we do as funeral directors and, uh, you know, charging what we do for funeral, uh, for funeral services or celebrations or life services. And these little things, I think, will just make us look that much better in the eyes of, uh, of the public, especially the client families that we're serving. So that's uh, that's my little uh, seminar on how to be a funeral, an all-star funeral director. Now, just uh, just to keep you up to date on a few things that are going on, uh, Funeral Rockstars, uh, it's my, uh, my big event that I'm having. Uh, I usually have this in Vegas, but this year I'm having it right here in Victoria, BC. Um, and part of that is that you'll be invited to a tour at McCall Brothers. So you can, uh, you know, you've heard me talk about McCall so much and you can uh, actually visit um, and see, and I'll let you know the changes that have happened over the 30 years of, uh, of how a funeral home can actually be uh, successful and profitable in a market of 92% cremation. So that's, uh, for more details, go to funeralrockstars.com. Uh, it's in, uh, in the third week of September, September uh, 21st, it starts uh, right here in Victoria. So go to funeralrockstars.com for more information on that. Uh, some other news that I want to share with you, some exciting news, is that uh, I've been talking to my uh, my good friend and, and other mentor, uh, Mr. Todd Van Beck. Uh, Todd is, uh, uh, you know, he's a total guru when it comes to all things, uh, you know, funeral directing, administration. And uh, we've, um, what we're doing is we're actually creating a, um, a private membership area where we're going to be putting a lot of our um, resources, a lot of Todd's teachings, a lot of my recorded seminars are all going to go into the membership area of Funeral Gurus. So for less than a cup of coffee a day, you can um, have access to a lot of that information and uh, and so that you can become uh, as good a funeral director or as good as a funeral homeowner as you can be. We're gonna That's going to be our focus of putting that stuff there and uh, and then also too for us to answer any of your questions that you have. So I just want to wrap up this uh, this episode here and uh, 
I really think that uh, being an all-star funeral director will uh, not only help your career, but help the funeral home that you're working with. And, and most importantly, you'll be providing even better services for the families that you serve. So to um, my challenge for you today is to start writing the notes. Just, just do one of the things. Start writing the notes on the back of your file and uh, um, just over time or even complete the uh, funeral checklist. So if you want a copy of the funeral checklist, it'll be below the video here in the post at funeralfutures.com. Make sure that you uh, uh, check back soon for another episode of the Funeral Marketing and Strategy Show. Uh, and my, I really want to thank you today for spending time with me on this. I think it's really important. And my goal for you is to serve as many families as possible by providing them with the most meaningful services. Thanks a lot. This is Robin Heffel. This has been another episode of the Funeral Strategy and Marketing Show with Robin Heppel. To ask a question or leave a comment, visit FuneralFuturist.com. To make sure that you never miss another episode, you can subscribe for free on iTunes.